1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
2: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever.
3: When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.
1: Oh, the shark baby has such teeth there. And it shows them pearly
0: white. Just a jack has old Heath, baby. and it keeps it uh, out of sack. You
1: know So welcome everybody to the first Macklin's take of 2023. Quite unusually though, it's a Macklin's take without Macklin. He's not managed to make it for the first offering of the new year. So Spencer Oliver, you are Matthew Macklin. How does that feel?
3: Well, yeah, it's alright actually. It doesn't feel too bad. Um
1: yeah, we'll make it work, don't worry. We will make it work. Uh, he has been caught uh, filming a little bit later than he thought, and he also has a pregnant wife to take care of as well. So I wasn't going to argue when he sent me a message a few minutes ago saying that he couldn't get here on time. It is rude, though, because his former trainer, his former trainer, a man he looks up to enormously, has, uh, has joined us, Joe Gallagher. Joe, what, what do you make of that from Acklin? Poor form, isn't it, mate? Poor form.
0: Like, listen, is You know where it's like it's fight week. It's a Friday night traffic where is a is a nightmare. So yeah, it's understandable, and uh, he's got to look after his uh, pregnant lady, mate. I
3: must say, like, I, I I only jumped in here because when Joe. Walk through the door so this is how the conversation went joe before you walked through the door he's like and he was like oh, i can't believe this he's let me down he sent me a text he's still away filming joe's gonna come through the door any minute now and i'm like he's walking through mate i was like it's gonna be really awkward for you this is and then to see your face when he said he's let us down you was like nah mate i've just come from the airport you can't do that i was like i'm, I'm gonna have to jump in i'm gonna have to jump in so yeah, yeah.
1: Well, my commentary partner on TalkSport has jumped in and saved me, uh, which is great. So anyway, let's, let's we're basically just going to have a look ahead to, to 2023 um, and see what we expect. Not necessarily in terms of individual fights, but just in terms of how the landscape is looking. Me and Matt have kind of done this every now and again, but we've talked mainly about kind of promoters and networks and stuff like that. But just in general, and we talked about this yesterday at the press conference, Joe, how healthy is the sport do you think at the minute and how, how important is 2023?
0: Oh, how healthy is the sport? Well, it isn't as, people will say, well, we have stadium fights now, we have this platforms and two million tuning into female boxing. Yeah, it's all great. But, the best they ain't fighting the best. And when you look back to an era when we were growing up or the four kings fighting each other, and then you got to an era, even the Dela Hoya era really fought five times in a year, the the Moses, the Trinidads, Hopkins, all them were all fighting one of each other. I do feel we're going into twenty twenty-three. Listen, there was huge news made about the the Misfits show in London last week. Turn up at the rain at six o'clock, packed out to the end. And I think boxing this year really has to pull itself its socks up. It was a shame last year we had the black cloud of the Conor Ben failed drug test, two drug tests. And uh, as far as I hear, he's still not asked for the B sample. So that's still lingering going into 2023. And it's... it's Boxing's great when we get it right, but we're our own worst victims. We, we 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 damage the sport ourselves with things like that. But I think with 2023, fights have to be made now against best for the best. It's very good to see you see Catra Taylor rematch happening. There's talk about uh, Ennery versus Steve Fulton Jr., Lamachenko versus Devin Hayner, Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk. And people used to say the health of the sport usually is how good the heavyweight division is. Now we've got to get a chance for being the undisputed champion. And hopefully that should kick on then and the rest of the fights be made. But I think where people say YouTubers and fighters are catching up is the fights are being made and they're fighting regular and often. And I don't think the champions these days aren't fighting enough. It's once a year, twice a year. And I think boxing really this year nearly pulls itself its socks up because when we do it right and get it right, it's brilliant. But we just need more nights
1: of them. How big, Spence, do you think that Fury Usyk fight is in terms of it being actually made? Because I look at that and I was so confident about that at the end of last year. And I still am. But the reason I was, was because of the people involved. Queensbury and Top Rank work together and with great success. And they know K2. They all know each other. Everybody in the room knows each other. They all strike you as kind of sensible. Surely it's going to get done, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's... It's massive for the sport. We need it to
3: happen. You know, with the letdowns, you know, the Joe said there, you know, the letdowns we got in 2022, 2021. Going back like probably three years now, you know, we've been looking for that undisputed heavyweight champion. Heavyweight is not just the pinnacle of boxing. It's the pinnacle of sport. And we need that undisputed champion. And um, yeah, we, we, you know, I think that, I think we get it. I do think we get it. I think that, it's gonna be a bit later than we wanted. I think originally they was talking about March the fourth, then they pushed back to March the seventeenth. I know Tyson Fury was injured after his last fight. He had a bad elbow. Perhaps that's got something to do with it, needs a bit more recovery time. But I believe the fight happens. I think we get it in, in April. But there's no reason, Andy, that we don't get it, like you say, because of the parties that are involved. I think it's a fight that we, I think it's a fight we see. I actually think 2023 is going to be a good year for boxing because Joe's right in what he says, you know, the sport needs a good year. There's been too much politics involved, fights not happening. You know, you go into other sports and these fights do happen. You know, the UFC stars, the best fight the best. And he's right in what he says about the YouTubers, you know, that a lot of the YouTubers slag, a lot of people slag the YouTube boxing off. But what they're doing is you go there. We worked on a show last, yeah. last week. The Misfits show, KSI, boxing. The people that go there, the younger generation that go there, go to see their YouTube stars. They're using boxing as the umbrella. But, you know, the standard, take Jake Paul, Logan Paul, KSI out of the equation. They're all not bad. They're a bad little standard. But take them out of that, And the standard's pretty poor. We've seen that. But it's like boxing slash entertainment. That's what it is. You, we got there, 7 o'clock, 13,000 people in the arena waiting to see the first fight. It was a carnival atmosphere. The demographic was different. You know, like I say, they were there to see their YouTube stars. But it was great. So you can't knock what they're doing there because they're using boxing, as it? And, you know, I've heard people saying, you know, it's making a mockery of our sport. Our sport's making a mockery of our sport because the best are not fighting the best. And I agree with Joe 100%. You know, you go back to the 70s, You know, the era of the heavyweights when you had Ali, Foreman, Fraser and and all those guys. The best fought the best. And that's what happened. And that's what makes memorable eras. And we're not getting that at the moment. You know, all we're getting is frustrations. You know, fights falling through, through politics, different broadcasters, different promoters. We need that. The sport needs it this year.
1: What do you think, people will probably be quite surprised to hear us talking about, about Misfits Boxing on, on Macklin's tape, but it's, it's worth it's worth talking about it. Joe, what do you think that boxing can and maybe should learn from what they're doing? It's a different space. I don't regard it as proper boxing. As Spencer said, they're using boxing as a vehicle, but you can't ever as a sport or any industry just think, no, the way we do it's brilliant, we do it right, we've always done it right, nothing to learn here. Is there anything you see that they're doing in terms of their marketing and what the individuals are doing that fighters need to learn from?
0: I think I've seen statistics recently of the 14, 15-year-olds to the 18-year-old. I think it's up to 21-year-olds who actually watch boxing and it's very poor. They're more into watching UFC as you said, the Misfits Boxing, KSI, Logan Paul, we've lost that connection. When we were all growing up, we could watch Sugar Ray Leonard, Tommy Hearns, Marvin Hagler, all them, then Mike Tyson, everything else. So we were in a boxing gym 15, 16, that's our next idol that hasn't really really happened and it shows that the people that are watching boxing now are people in the late 30s and 40s well that's basically well, I'm 50s now but that's basically that one that was in the Kawazaki ha- and Nazim ha- era that but we need a Kawazaki and Nazim and now we've got Azid Ahmed who, who's been the big push now for Sky but we need more of them um to Get people excited about, but I think we've lost the way. I think we you d- captured I, I, the younger generation. So no, no, it's it's the a, same
3: people uh, are watching uh, boxing that were boxing uh, like uh, yourself uh, and uh, myself. That Mike Tyson got us all into boxing. We'd get up and listen uh, to him on uh, the radio and sit there at five in the morning to listen to him knock out like Michael Spinks in ninety seconds. Uh, uh, but, the, but it was that it was something really special about it something really electric about it and it captured the imagination of the world and we've not moved on with that it's the same people watching boxing now and I agree Mm. with Joe you know we need to capture the younger generation how do you do that put the good cards on let the best fight the best you know don't just give people that. you go to some of our shows and you see them and you go right I get that fighters have got to develop so they need to box certain standards of fighters journeymen or whatever but they need to progress and just make fights a little more even and, and make it more showbiz.
0: I, I, I think we all slept on YouTube. I think we all slept on YouTube. I think TV these days, the only one that watches TV, the young generation, it's just for live sport. Everything's on YouTube. They go on YouTube and watch on YouTube, and you see people like KSA polo and get the following on there and everything else because they're not watching TV, normal TV that we watch, they're all over, so that's what they know, that's what they know boxing, that's what they see and KSI started off playing FIFA or whatever it was and smashing up the computers and here is a huge name now, Lamborghinis and songs and now selling out Misfits. So that's the generation I think boxing, we sort of dismissed it too much but that's where the captive audience was, that's influencing this next generation that's coming through and I think we've got to get back in touch and maybe, maybe like you say it isn't a conversation's had, but people go there, it's three rounds, whatever it is, and it's over, and then they're on to the next one, and it's over, it's on to the next one. And sometimes people come to the arena, and it's like six rounds watching someone just go through the motions on board. Should we go and get a drink? So. They're not, it's like the UFC, you sit down, and you see all good fights. So there's, I think there's tweaks that can be made. I think there really is. There's two, I don't know, I, I can't say promoters have got laser because promoters back then invited the local TV, local radio and a gymnasium, local newspapers. But no as newspapers now, everything's online. And I just think. I um,
3: feel it's just maybe not moved with the times, you know, like the, the world has changed massively. You know, YouTube is a big part of it. My daughter was the same, grew up watching YouTube. She didn't watch Coronation Street EastEnders like we all did, you know, re- regular TV. Like she do not really do that, so I think that maybe what boxing needs to take something from that and take that's what they take from the YouTube stars that they need to jazz it up a little bit and maybe move with the times. I don't know how it's done because we're just having this conversation, well, but, but I think it's I, I do think it, it it, it, if the
0: best fight the best, okay. So you had Hearns and Leonard, I think one was 23, one the other was 25 at the time, fighting undisputed. You had Donald Curry, and Crawley, undisputed, fighting each other at young age. We've got Errol Spence and Terence Crawford in the 30s and it's still not happened. That's mm. got to be another Mayweather. Pacquiao, it's too late and they've got to cash and grab. I do also think a, a little bit as well, I think that, that the champions are the ones that have being paid the most money. They're not fighting regular or enough. They're just taking the money and not putting back into the sport. You, you mentioned there, the 70s, Larry Holmes, he'd mostly fight Witherspoon, then it was Dokes, and then Ken Norton yeah. and every Mike Tyson, even his time, was fighting Pinklin Tonnis, Bone Crusher-Smith. Do you what I mean? Just kept them busy and yeah. active. But I think not digging up but Anthony Joshua's has five, six times in five years that's not enough Andy, is it yeah. do you understand it, it's just not enough and the, the, if he was on the screens
1: more people wouldn't drift away from mm. the sport so who needs to take responsibility for that? Is it is it is it more in the hands of the networks? Because we kind of eulogise on this podcast quite often about HBO, and we talked yeah. to Mark Taffet uh, before Christmas. Is it the networks who need to be stronger with the promoters? Well, Not I just think, the promoters, but I with, with that, managers as well. So when fights are proposed and they say, oh, we, 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 we asked him to fight this guy, but they said they didn't yeah. really want it. And you say, well... I mean, fuck what they want, yeah. you need to fight this guy, or you're not fighting. Yeah. It's as simple as that, because in the HBO days, there were examples of unified champions vacating titles mm. because HBO would not accept their mandatory as being of acceptable standard. Is, is, do we need to get back to something Absolutely. like that? Absolutely,
3: I think that that's definitely part of it. I think that's definitely where we need to go, and they need to look at that, and, and maybe the, the networks, the broadcasters, need to be firmer. You know to to make these fights so that we, you know so we do get the fights that we want to see, but also I think the promoters need to see the vision and move with the times as well you know it's like we're living in a world now where things are becoming more show busy you know it's it's becoming more entertainment, yes, of course, real fight fans will want just the boxing, we understand that, but there has to be a little bit of glitz and glamour to it as well, so I think it's collectively across the board, we need to move forward like you know. With not just not just the promoters, the broadcasters need to play a big part in that as well, and be a little bit firmer and demand some of the fights we do. Maybe, maybe the the governing bodies as well need to be a bit firmer on stuff. You know, maybe we need to change things up. You know, because there's so much leeway, so much politics involved with different governing bodies. You know, manageries I mean, use let's use Dillian White as an example. He was there three fucking years as a mandatory. Like, how does that work? Do you know what I mean? How, where's where's the loopholes in all that? Like that's that's what I'm saying. I think that I think it just needs
0: a facelift. If I'm honest, touching what you said there regarding the promoters and the money in the network, I just don't think the money is being filtered down. I think the very top are getting the money and it's not filtered down. I know fighters now; they're fighting British title money, and it was the same British title money in the early nineties. Yeah, inflation and everything's going up. but well, no promoters are saying, hypothetical. oh, that British title fight now, it isn't 20, twenty-five grand. It's 40, 45. A European 78 is now 120. They're not. It's still capped. Mm-hmm. So people have got expenses and inflation's rising. And like we say, it's, yeah. it's a, a license for illegal killing, do you understand? And it's like you say there, oh, that fight isn't made. No, it isn't. But because you've given the top of the bill so much... The crumbs are on the undercard, so you can't get a gun on undercard because no one's willing to put it online. But if you took a bit more off the top and said to people at the top, like I think I mentioned it to, to Matthew earlier on today, and you turn around and then you said, "Well, listen, we want that fight and that fight," and you go to the management company and they turn around and say, "No, we're not taking him," and I say, "Well, that's the second opponent we've offered you." So that's it, you know, on the bill. And then all of a sudden, they go, "Do you mean you're not on the bill? You can't do that?" Yeah, we can. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're, the tail's not wagging the dog here. We're the, we're, we're the corporation. We're the ones with the money, and this is what we want to see. If you can't deliver it, or that agency doesn't want to fight, or that fight they won't let that management company fight or fight him, then doesn't that, that's it, and we'll go with people who will. And soon people's attitude will change because they dance to the tune now, but they're not dancing to the tune. Their tail's wagging the dog.
1: So a different kind of scenario. Let's say you've got a fighter who does want to fight regularly. As a trainer and manager, how easy or difficult is that now to achieve because people say oh it's a great time to be a fighter because we've got lots of different platforms and different promoters but the problem with that is that you're generally speaking going to be tied to one you can't yeah, kind of also, dance around and jump around from camp to camp and fight whenever you feel like it and no, they but also only have boxing, a certain number of dates
3: yeah but it, the amount of fighters has grown as well andy you know like you know you're talking about that fighters do want to fight regularly and they you know they want to get onto these big platforms and stuff but if you go to the amateur gyms now, to when I was boxing back in the 90s, and you look at 2012 was a massive turnaround for British boxing, I believe, and you go into the gyms now, and then obviously with the involvement now of women's boxing and how that's evolved over the last few years, you go into the gyms, and Joe, you must see it in your gyms, you know, in, in Manchester as a whole. You go into the gyms, and, and it is packed with fighters, so out of that, you know, the development of fighters is getting bigger and bigger, so the gyms are busier, and, there's, and that's great. Oh, it's fantastic, but it's also frustrating for the fighters. But
0: the thing with it, 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 Spence, as you say, and to get on these big shows. Listen, I'm always mithering, whether it be Frank Warren or yeah. um, Ben Shalom, to get kids on the bill. The, 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 there's only so many slots in them shows. Mm. But I'll give you an example. I, I've got to say Steve Woods, VIP promotion. He's putting on 19 shows this year. 19 small hall shows. I think Kevin Marie's doing 10. But well, that's 19 small shows. But if a fight wants to stay regular and often, that's six, seven fights a year, which I want for two of my kids this year coming through. But you've got to sell tickets six, seven times. You've got to mm. keep going same people, same times. But when you're only just breaking even, as it, so you've got to pay for the opponent. The promoter wants to part in a small hall. And you come out with just a couple of hundred quid possibly mm. you'll you soon get tired of that you're thinking i'm getting yeah. bashed up and training for a few hundred quid and then your manager or your trainer or whatever says oh i'll push and i'll push and i'll try and get you on and because uh, you know the tv you get on you get a bit more money and everything else and it's worthwhile for it but when sometimes you're just on small hole small hole, and you're not being given an opportunity and there is good fighters out there and like i said to you i do feel sometimes too much money is thrown at some people and the are the, the rigid in the contracts and i just think to myself and then they play prima Madonna's and don't want to fight, I don't want to fight this one. Well, there's a load of kids in small all shows or jump at the chance I want to fight with it and put on good fights, you understand? And I think that's what they've really got to do a little bit more, do you know what I mean? open up and let these young kids come through and fight an undercard save two slots for kids that, and they do fair play to it some of them do I think Fra- um, Frank Warren's done very well over the last couple of years he's gone out he's signed ABA champions ABA runners up boys club champions junior ABA champions he just signed the 18 year old uh, Moses and it's like he's on it He's on it. He, he didn't go for all the Olympians. Do you know what I mean? And that's what some of the they have to do. But, like I said, it's very hard boxing. It's very hard. These small horse shows everywhere, all the time. Try to fight six times a year. Try to get above rankings on the promise that you might get a TV slot so people could see you. Because what happens when you first turn, which is turn pro Everyone wants to come watch you fight. Mm. So you do a good amount. But when you get to the third one and they say, Who are you fighting? And he said, Oh, a sixth round against someone. Come back to us when you're in a decent fight do you understand and when you're on an undercar to a big show say like this weekend that's easy to sell tickets all of a sudden you're selling tickets you yeah, it Commission. doesn't matter who the opponent is but I get it Joe is, yeah people do it is very hard
1: mm. yeah so it's interesting to hear you both talk about that because a while ago people were saying to me there's there's not too many promoters or, or too much TV. You, you can't really have too much of it, but there weren't enough fighters. But you seem to think, that really, that actually there are too many.
3: Listen, if you go to, you go to the grassroots of our sport, go into any, any, any gym now, and you look at the volume of people in those gyms, some of them don't ever become boxers, but they all go there with a little taste of it, and some of them develop into great boxers. But if you look at the volume, yes, yeah, it's increasing massively. You know it's increasing massively, so the sport is in a healthy position there. But it's just little chinks that needs ironing out. We need to start pushing on. We need to start developing the sport as a whole a little bit more. Hey,
0: hey, kids! Hey, everybody! Sitting here with a famous Slovenian philosopher. How are you doing, sir? I am uh, in health. Thank you. Are you uh,
2: excited about something? I am excited about this latest uh, CIA-funded venture. A CIA venture? Yes. It's called the Desire and Capital
0: Podcast. Oh, what is it about? I refuse your fascist question. Well, there you have it. Listen to the Desire and Capital Podcast. Coming soon to a bourgeois platform near you. On your marks, get set, Go.
1: <laughs> one thing I found really interesting last year was the i mean I think we all really enjoyed the the all female show in October at the o two it was a great It was a great showcase uh, you 're not going to be able to put on too many of them because at the minute the depth isn 't quite there that that will change but one thing I noticed about that night and i 've noticed it more broadly across kind of other sports um is that we talk about a new audience and a younger audience. I think that women's boxing can pull in a new kind of audience because I noticed this when I covered the Paralympics back in 2012. Everything was packed out every day because it was full of people who saw what happened with the Olympics, didn't have tickets for that, had never really been to sport before, but saw that and thought, I want to go. And I think now, out of the back of COVID, there are loads of parents, particularly out there, They want to get their kids into something and they want to get them off the couch. They want to get them away from screens. They want to take them to sport. But my theory is they're intimidated by men's professional football because you would be, to be honest, Mm. going to football. If, 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 If it's not you and you haven't been there all the time, they may be a bit intimidated by men's professional boxing, by the crowd around it. Women's boxing... It's just got that slightly different feel to it. The O2 that night, it was different, wasn't it? It was different to a yeah. normal show. I mean, you would you follow me on this? one? Absolutely. The, I think that
3: I think the boxing's moved on, as in where we've gone to these stadium fights, and you know now we get regular AO arenas like we've got on Saturday night, where you get an incredible atmosphere in the O2 arena. It's the same down south. I think that has become more glamorous. I think that you know, like. You know, it's become more of an event as, a, as opposed to a boxing spectacle. Do you know what I'm saying? But then you've got the other end of it, like Joe says, where you're filling sports halls and putting these kids on and they've got to sell tickets and they come out of a couple of hundred quid. That's fucking disheartening, mate, you know, because you go through... It's not the fight that... Well, people just see the fight, don't they? But, like, if you see the shit that they go through in the gym, getting up every morning, running, cutting weight... Training in the afternoon, sleeping, getting up in the morning, running this fucking it 's not easy mate it 's really, really hard, and if you feel like you 're not really progressing because you 're not really doing anything you 're just boxing on these small shows with only you know a few hundred people that are watching you box you 're getting no coverage so you 're not really growing your profile it 's difficult, mate, it really is man, going through the mm. development stage of boxing is is a difficult thing. People, you know, the casuals only see what goes on on TV and they see the glamorous shows and everything else. But the other end of it, mate, is fucking tough. And that's where we lose a lot of talent because they don't get the right opportunity. Boxing's all about opportunity.
0: As you say, as well as them doing all that, a lot of them people work full-time jobs. Whether on a building site, Hodgkin, you've got Jack Massey this weekend that was on a scaffolding, doing scaffolding not long ago. That's what I mean. They just need that break. But as far as the girls are concerned and the females boxing, I agree. All you've got to do is look at what the Lionesses have done and they've kicked on. But we've had that huge event. All right, and we can't stage a huge event like that again. But why don't we do what we used to do? Um, a prospect show or a Friday night leisure centre show for the females so it's on and they're there and they're visually there what we can't have in this era years ago there was a bit of a good era of female boxing you know Christy Martin Anna Wolfe all them type of fighters and then all of a sudden it died and now it's come back again and we really need now it's here to stay and for it to stay is it for it to be seen so every now and again Natasha will fight on a show and then there'll be the huge women's show or a Katie Taylor show but why don't we or whoever, a TV platform of sorts, like you see the, the, the them lionesses and that women's football, it, there's a, they've got a TV and there's a platform for them and it are being seen and that's all they want to do. I hear Natasha all saying, if it's popular, there's a demand for it, but we just want to be seen, and it was great to be seen, but we can't say, well, we've done that now, let's move on. Well, let's invest and just do... have got leisure centres. We can't pack out autos. I don't sure think it would be that day, do you know what I mean? we got the leisure centre, fill it up, 1,000 people in there, female fights, six female fights, and Next Gen's a platform for people to tune in that want to watch female boxing.
3: So there's your vision right there. That's what we're talking about when we say we need change. We do need to do something because... It, it, it becomes very easy to just continue doing the same thing and then all of a sudden you think fuck we're in 2023 we're doing the same shit as we was doing in 2000 so you know that's that when we're talking about needing a vision and things need tweaking and changing joe's just hit it on the nail on the head there just by saying that i just sort of it opens your mind and go that's
0: exactly what we need something fresh something new because boxing, all you used to, I wouldn't say always, but we are in an era of leisure centres and great fights in leisure centres all over at, at a time on Sky. And then we came big stadiums. But I feel like for women's, and there was the prospect show, the old school. I think Michael Pass stood in the ring with a cap on and all. But it gave them a platform. And maybe if we could have... I remember years ago, I think HBO, they had HBO Boxing, HBO After Dark, blah, blah, they're top everything they and I think it's great having these guys Saturday nights, but let's invest in, like, once a month, a prospect show for yeah. the females. I agree. I totally oh, agree
1: I'm, with that. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% with you on this, and, and me and Macklin were talking about this just recently, actually, because you've hit on what I think has become a problem, which is a kind of all promoters are doing it and it's a snobbery around venues everybody mm. wants every, it would seem that people would rather go to the O2 with hardly anybody there than ram out York Hall one of the best fight nights I've done this year was Denzel Bentley against Marcus Morrison and an sure absolutely I'm. banged out York Hall it was a tremendous atmosphere, and we, me, and you, Spenny, we, we've oh, signed mate. up to a load of um, small, small hall, hall shows to commentate on, and they'll mainly be at York Hall, and they'll be area title fights and English title fights, and they I mean, will be the absolute title yeah, fight, but and they will be absolutely packed. But at the minute, like Joe says, no one seems to want to do that because no. they think that it's kind of admitting defeat somehow. It, it's, it's
3: weird, it's isn't not, it? Not mate, it's, it's not. That's the point. Is that that's where you've got to have a beginning to get to the middle to get to the end and the end, obviously the ultimate goal is to get to the big shows be topping the bills at the big shows but there's no reason why the small hall shows shouldn't really be brilliant and like if you go to the York Hall, you know Joe, you've been there millions of times before you go to the York Hall when it's packed out and there's something special about that place that everybody seems to fight like it's their last fight and they just put a lot, I mean some of the shows that we've done recently down there I just go, fucking, this is insane. Like, and it's getting no coverage. They're getting a little live stream where they might have a few thousand people on. And you just think, this is where the problem might lie. Like, because I agree with Joe, if they've done an after dark show or whatever, you, they could take those shows, give these people some form of platform, and that will. Allow people to develop and do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, they you both got lose that. Lose you've got and, that and, and
1: ladder the t- then, you've got yeah,
3: that
0: ladder. absolutely. I, and not only that, though, the other females, the two minute rounds, six twos isn't that long. Do you know what I mean? You can have an hour, two hour show. Do you know what i don't have to be at a whole Saturday night, but yeah. two hour show will have three or four fights on it and things will be on a, a, a stream before it. But if you look back years ago, there was York Hall, there was Everton Park Sports Centre, there was Robin Park Arena, Oldringham Leisure Centre. There's some great venues up and down the country where people can go and watch the boxing and have a good night out without. Like you say, there's nothing worse fighting on a venue and half, four, five, six in the evening, no one's there. You'd rather have that fight in a leisure centre when everyone is there Mm. cheering and supporting
1: yeah I agree Spencer we're gonna have to let you go you rode into the rescue at very short notice I did mate I that absolute did but, to the professional professional but now. <laughs> yeah do you
3: know what it's not it's not as glitz and glamour as you think mate I'm going to pick my, my wife up actually from the station because she's come up that's hey, listen I by the way guys yeah, yeah I know Spencers, I know. No, I know, I know but you like, something <laughs> going on with you <laughs> now, no like. don't worry we still <laughs> love you mate but do you know what this is no this is how I can tell you what a good before I go I want to say what a great show we have on Saturday night right because Box Office Show Normally you've got a great main event and maybe a good chief support. Mate, you go through this card and there is it's stacked. Everything's good. There's 50-50 fights on there. Congo Genuine also the to stand out con- con- on the card. Oh, fight. It really is, mate. It British really is. Title. You know, and,
0: and that's what we want. Yeah,
3: and I want to see Jack Massey and like his story for the last twelve months, what he's been through, the turmoil in his family, how it's driven him on, and he's got this opportunity coming from being a scaffolding over Christmas. Like, I mean his story is insane. We had him on our podcast, it's just absolutely mad, and you go, it's all about opportunity, and he's got that opportunity against Parker. We don't know what that fight with Joe Joyce took out of. Him. so it makes it an interesting fight and you go through the card like that and i go like for nicola to say i want to come to manchester and go to a boxing show this is what this is where i was getting with it i go fuck this must be a better show than i originally thought do you know what i mean because she's one of those girls that likes to go to shows where that are it's like more of a oh yeah i want to be there. It's Auntie joshuas boxing or it's just an event do you know what i mean but this is like I mean, this is a great card mate she so,
0: misfits no, she didn't go missing. I was there. straight away <laughs> seeing Holly Willoughby though. It's hey, like Do you know who was that there? That's the appeal. Yeah, uh, Louis yeah.
1: Thoreau was there. Louis Thoreau was Theroux. there, yeah. Krishna um, Guru Murphy from Channel 4 Let's News was fa- there. Let's not we forget it. Katie on.
3: Price, mate. She was involved in the broadcast for a while. She was Her, right, yeah, she, was, she was right in front, front of us. She, she was, was there. right in front of us. Um yeah, it's just mad, Joe. It's like but I the reason I'm not slanging YouTube boxing obviously because they're capturing an audience and I think that I had a great conversation with KSI actually and I said to him, you know what's it all about? Is it a a business for you? Is it a long-term thing? He said, look, I don't know where it goes. I want to fight again in the summer and I want to fight Jake Paul and that's where it could end for me. But we've signed a five-year deal with Misfits, 30 shows and I want to develop some of these guys. Let me tell you, Spence, what this is all about. Obviously, he's getting well paid to do it. That's ultimately number one and that's what they do and they're very good at generating money, he said, but... I know that I've got millions of kids, 50, 000, 50 million followers. I've got millions of kids that follow me, and I inspire them and everything else. And I know that boxing teaches life skills, and I know by me boxing, some of those kids are going to go to boxing gyms, and some of them actually might find a hidden talent and develop into fighters. Mm-hmm. He goes, and so it's a win-win, surely. And I went, yeah, I get it, because you know all the people that go, oh fuck that, no, you know they're there for their YouTube stars. They're not going to box. Out of fifty million people that follow him. One or two are going to want to sample that. And if we get one fighter that comes out of it and ends up quite good, then it's a win-win, surely.
1: Yeah, and also, as, as, as we know, it's, it's great when you get when you get kids going to gyms and becoming champions, but it's, it's not really about that. It's, it's about the getting skills. them in there. It's, it's about the getting them in skills, there mate. and maybe their self-esteem isn't great and you know, mm-hmm. they, they walk in there and they're a bit shy and there's all sorts of things they that could be going on. The, the, do
3: you know what I mean? The, yeah. the discipline the self-respect to say please, to say thank you. To fucking tidy up, to you know, clean up after themselves, all of that shit. But you leave some, you leave a pair of ring, you know, a pair of gloves on the side of the ring, mate. You, you get, get your gloves, mate. Don't, they, they, you didn't find them there, did you? Do you know what I mean? And that develops them as a person. So, yeah,
1: yeah, it does. Absolutely, it does. So. We're Brilliant. not going to have the... Uh, we, on well, that, on gonna that have to little go. Rant, mate, I'm going to have to you're go, have yeah. To go. okay. Hand listen, us the, uh, thanks so much, Joe. see We'll, we'll catch you to tomorrow. And um, just hand us that mic, <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep my eye out if all anybody right. else is roaming past. But <laughs> we, see we see can make do the two of us, me and Joe, without any problem at all. And actually, a subject I was going to get onto, which it's probably fair on Spencer if he wasn't part of the discussion, because he knows him, is AJ. I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with him for the rest of his career, really, because he's been this huge force in British sport. He's been amazing for the sport. You see how he's lifted it and, and the attention he's brought to it and the benefits that other people have reaped from his career and his success in so many different ways. But he's had a difficult time in the last few years. He's not boxed much, as, as you mentioned, and he's lost three of his last five. They've got to re- rehabilitate him. You'll have been watching him look for a new trainer and... I know, you may have thrown your hat in the ring at some point, I don't know. But what do you see when you look at it?
0: Hey everybody. This is Moto G. Pete from the Nokomoto Motorcycle Podcast. Join us every week while we rate, review, ride, philosophize, and generally obsess over every single motorcycle, make, model, and style that could possibly exist, plus news and racing. That's the Nokomoto Motorcycle Podcast for Moto One Podcast Network Studios. him now. I don't know whether, the everyone tells me in and around him he's got a great work ethic, he wants to learn, he's thirsty for knowledge, and uh, he wants to better himself. But I do feel sometimes the politics within boxing, the reason why he isn't fighting regular or often, I don't know, but is it a case of he's got too much money now and he, there's no f- rush for him to fight this one or fight that one? I think AJ's come up to it, is he 32, 33, something like that? Is that and he's still got a few years left at him but he was one belt away from being undisputed he lost to Usyk twice There's no shame in it but now he's gone off and got another trainer he's over there with Derek James in America and then when you start hearing talks of reports of yeah AJ's got to come back and have a warm up and then he's got to fight Dylan just stop there why are we having a warm up for Dylan White Dylan White's a fighter that Safe to say I think it's past his best. Well over but past his best. He's been knocked out twice in his last four or five fights. And um you beat him before. Why are you trying to and this is half the problem, what's happening, why the YouTube boxing's happening, and this isn't happening. So AJ's back, great, brilliant, who's he fighting? Well, the word on the street is Dempsey McKean, everyone is singing. But 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 the but but the thing with it is, it with um Dempsey McKean is is who knows him? What's it for? It's a money making exercise again. What's that undercard got to look like? Then you're going to go to London with um, Dylan White. Well, how's that got to sell in London? Yeah, there'll be the beef, there'll be playback of the first fight. But like I said somewhere else today as well, what a big London fight. Fight Joe Joyce. That's a good fight. Fight Daniel Dubois. That's a good London fight. There's fights there to be made for him. And I think. Now he's gone over to America, he's in a gymnasium, he's got loads of money, he can afford any sparring partners once. He doesn't need that warm-up for Dylan White. He should be straight back in fighting someone in the top ten, from five to ten at least, make a statement and go, wow, I'm back, right, who's next? I want the winner of Joshua Nusik and put himself straight in the mix. Not this three-fight plan to get him back. We're talking about a former unified world champion having a 2-3 fight plan to get back into the mix he's 32-33 years of age he's with a great McCra- trainer with McCracken he's been in a camp with Garcia it's like I, I just feel that's you're, you're, you're conning the public and you're milking, milking milking it and it's I think that, that that's half the problem with boxing now and I think it and people say oh but Tyson fought this one Tyson, yeah but Tyson came back from mental health yeah and he did have one or two of them fights but he's fought Deontay Wilder three times and now he's going to fight Alexander Usyk do you know what I mean and he's trying to keep himself busy
1: do you think it's a good move though that he's made do you think Derek James is a good choice do you think America's a good thing I remember talking to you a while ago me and Matt on, on the podcast I think and you were saying that I think at that point he was kind of... It might have been when he was leaving Rob or the rumour the rumor was that he was leaving Rob McCracken and you were saying that what you wanted to see him do was go and train... In a pro gym, where he's one of a number of pros, oh, yeah. and some of the rest of them are really successful pros who are on his level, and get out away from home comforts, and you know make that commitment. And he's he's gonna he's gonna do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He's going out there, James. I think it's Errol Spence, and one of the Charlos is in there as well. So he's around a, a winning environment. Um, the trainers had good success. He was Ring Trainer of the Year, I think 2018, 19, something like that. So he's he's in there, but. He's going there, but he's still bringing people with him from the old setup. Does that make sense? It, it, it's like, you, well, you left McCracken and then you, you've gone Garcia and it's, it's just, but you've still got the same people all the time. And as much as Garcia tried to make an influence, and I'm sure James has most return and said, well, this is how it goes, to you understand? Um, we'll just, just have to see. But them saying he needs a new fight with his new trainer, Matthew Macklin, I'll tell you, my first fight with Matthew Macklin was for the British title against Wayne Elcock. And if Matthew didn't win, his career was over. Um, Scott Quigg's first fight with me was for the British title against Jason Booth. So we went in the deep end, and if you've got it, you've got the quality like Anthony Joshua's, you should be able to do that. But he's taking himself abroad now. Um, It's just disappointing. This country's got so many good trainers, and the feel and the need that they have to go abroad... Is a shame do you understand we've got very good trainers um, in this country and I don't know whether the how the relationship ended with McCracken but maybe he could have bought his own gym set up a gym down there somewhere in London and said to Rob do you want to come down whatever couple of days a week but I know he's got commitments with GB but um, listen that's it
1: he's got all the money to do whatever he wants now Anthony Joshua so that's how he is isn't it? staying with heavyweights assuming this fight between Fury and Usyk does get made what are you thinking with regard to that because Usyk is a very hard man to write off in, in, in any fight but in Fury he's got somebody who possibly matches him skill wise or matches up skill wise closer than any other heavyweight mm. would and who is also on the night will probably be about 50 pounds heavier yeah
0: I think, um, as in Usyk, his uh, mindset, unbelievable mindset. The fact, if you look at his resume, he goes abroad, fights fighters in his own back garden and wins world titles on the road. Doesn't phase him. You've seen him jump up on the ring apron there at uh, Spurs at the end of the year when Tyson Fury won. Had the eyeball, didn't blink, didn't flicker. And his huge self-belief, Tyson Fury, listen, he's a, a great heavyweight good mover, we've seen with Wilder on the front foot and then on the back foot like we've seen him against Klitschko, has a bit of it all I think the fight could turn into a bit of a Holofield field reddit type of fight, that if Usyk thinks to himself, no I'm not running from you i am got to sit in the pocket with you and cause land some shots because every now and again Tyson will throw some shots but looks for the hold and Usyk might try and take advantage of that and get to work inside whether he's brave enough to take Tyson's power to get into that pocket remains to be seen or it could either be a cat and mouse fight do you know what I mean Tyson as you see he likes to poke and poke and when he feels he's got him then he'll let the back hands and the third shots go and then smother and push and hold and make his weight weak in Usyk's legs um you see in Usyk when he's putting the pressure with Joshua only one or two times he's like fr- on the ropes took one or two but he's gone straight away he's not got to sit there and allowed to be hit but um Usyk could be looking to counter-punch Tyson Fiori in walk It's a fascinating fight. It really is uh, a boxing connoisseur's fight.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'd, I just hope we get some news on it relatively soon. You'd have thought they'd probably be in Saudi Arabia, wouldn't you? New guests every week, compelling interviews that you want to hear. Check us out wherever you get podcasts. One star recruits.
0: Yeah, in most of it with Saudi Arabia. It's just a shame that we can't uh, um, that we can't see them fights uh, in this country. They're undisputed, we've got great stadiums, we've got TV networks, and. Um, there you go, we build them up and we're talking about boxing a problem, but they're going off to Dubai or Abu Dhabi for, for them type of fights and the general fans here don't really get to go or can't afford to go over there to support them. Some will and they'll have a good turnout, but it'd be good at Old Trafford and it'd be good at
1: Wembley or good at White Hart Lane. Yeah, it would it'd be, it'd be absolutely terrific. Uh, Bob Aram and Frank Warren suggested not that long ago that, that that could still maybe happen and the longer it takes to make, the nearer we get to summer, although Frank wasn't scared of going to Spurs in December and that worked out okay, but we won't keep you much longer, but speaking of Undisputed, uh, neat segue <laughs> it doesn't really look like we're going to get to see the fight between Tasha, your fighter, and Terry Harper no. for all the belts and where well, you're just shaking your head, is that is that completely impossible? Yeah, that's just no point talking about that, that's, that fight that never happened It's a shame though? Well,
0: not really Tasha's beat her and uh, I think it's a shame, but I think it's Natasha's Story's to tell she will tell it at some point but it isn't just as simple about it's a belt and a fight the way Natasha was treated um, it, it's it, it's personal and you just can't do that to a young young woman with a child and um, the way that she's treated and uh, it just wasn't right so'll that'll, that'll never ever happen Natasha Jonas now has been is unified three belts she's the ring belt and um, she's achieved everything she needs to achieve, and uh, she's got another good year left ahead of her, and we'll see what happens, so yeah, that's it, like you say, there was an opportunity for that fight to be made straight away, and everyone called for it, I think Boxing News had it as one of its fights of its year, and everything else, but no one wanted to do the fight, no one wanted to give Natasha a second bite of the apple, and then they put her in with Katie Taylor, expecting her to get done good and proper, and if you look at the scorecards in that fight, Natasha Jonas is the one that's come closest to beating Katie on scorecards, 96-95 twice. I think the other one's 96-94, so there's a round or one point either way, do you know what I mean? So she went very well, and that was it then. They all thought, that's it, there's no more from Natasha, so she's come back very well, but it's uh, it's been a fantastic year, and Terry Harper will have to go and do whatever she's going to have to do.
1: Yeah, I, I picked Tasha as my fighter of the year because three fights in a new weight division, three world titles, won them all. I mean it's very difficult to do to do any better than that. Two of them
0: in ten weeks, under. Yeah. People get two in ten weeks. Yeah. And the and the second one was the biggest challenge of the lot, Maria De Southpaw, big, strong. and I mean big, strong. Done the distance with Chris Shields and quitted herself very well and for the ring belt on the line and to have won in Liverpool and then get a phone call and eight weeks out go, Yeah, come on then, let's go and do it and the gamble paid off I think that's it we talk about people fighting regular and often some of the men could have looked at that for an example
1: I mean her story is pretty it, it is pretty amazing because I mean I was commentating against Vivian Obernauf and yeah. given what happened there and given the the you know the, the age she was at the time it was really it was hard to see a way back from that and then yeah. she just kind of ticked over and then got the opportunity against Harper I mean do you think that she's Maybe, maybe she is getting there with, with the recognition. Do you think she's celebrated enough?
0: No. I, th- I think there was a huge opportunity this year. If you can't get nominated for a BBC Sports Personality of the Year Awards this year, when there's no Olympic year, and the success story that she's had and her being a her mum, and if she hasn't got to get an MBE, CBE OBE on the back of what she's done this year, yet other athletes did, and I don't think had much of a comeback story as does Natasha Jonas, then I don't think she's ever got to get it and that's a shame really because there was no one more deserving of of it. Um it ticked all the boxes, so I'm really disappointed. But the thing with Natasha Jonas, as you said there, she got beat by Yobinoff, came back. We had an unbelievable camp for Terry Harper. It was covid and we locked down and we were in sync. And Natasha Jonas was very driven. She's very dedicated, very driven and very passionate. And um her her steeliness, she's got absolutely a a steel backbone in her. She's got she's got a killer smile, but don't be fooled by her and her dedication, her faith and her ability, uh a trust in me, has paid back dividends and um I said to her in the gym yesterday how hugely proud I am of her to think a year ago we were getting ready for Namas for a first one and we sit here now with the ring she sits there now with the ring belts, so um there's talk of all the fights at the moment, but uh, you can never write Natasha Jonas off, but her story is complete now. And I think i see seen Liverpool City Council or they're going to honour an award, her and her sister, Nikita Paris, do you understand? And that's a great story. Two girls, we talk about the, the Williams sisters and I'm not making comparisons, but you've got the Williams sisters there in Liverpool, but you've got two sisters there from Toxteth One's playing for the England Lionesses, and one's a world champion. That's an unbelievable story. How is that not in mag- every magazine? Everything going, How is that not pumped out all the time? I think that they've just missed out on a huge, massive PR thing there with Natasha and her, her sister.
1: Finally, what would you, in an ideal world, what would happen with her this year? Because the, the, the beauty of the, the female side of pro boxing is that you 'd know more about this than me, but as I understand it, and she 's proved it by going super feather, lightweight super well to weight physiologically females are more capable of doing that than yeah. than men, so it means there 's a lot more options a rematch with Taylor would still be would still be doable I would imagine there's there 's clarissa shields there 's yeah. i mean who let, let, if you could get, pick not, well if i 'd
0: pick what i 'd love to do would be, uh, be lovely would katie taylor that 's we were so close that night, and that was behind doors at the Manchester Arena, there behind us. To do that, though, with a crowd now Natasha's profile, Miss GB, all everyone from the North West, their supporter, Katie Taylor, a bit like Quig Fram tonight, that arena would be rocking for that fight. It really, that they could do that like an all women's car to. Joe compared to Savannah and Tasha and Chris. Now, for Tasha and Keita, but that would mean Katie would have to come on to Sky to fight or if it was to happen, it'd have to, Tasha would have to go to Croke Park on the zone for it to happen. So I'd really love that fight. I think that's unfinished business. And people say, albeit oh, once, but they said that about Pacquiao and Marquez for years. And in the end, do you don't understand it? Eventually, you're just getting that little bit closer and closer. And because of who Tasha is and the belt she's got, and Katie has now, I think it could be a really good fight. So I do think that there's obviously um, Clarissa Shields, Cecilia Brackhouse, um, Jessica McCaskill. Um, there's all them. Uh, they're all in the mix. So we'll just have to uh, wait and see. But it's. Uh, like everything at the end of the day, it's who's willing to come over and want to box in the sky.
1: OK, Joe, thanks very much. We'll let you go. Um, yeah, no Macklin. No Macklin. I think Macklin's tech listeners are probably still reeling from a shock. This is only the second one that we've ever done without him. The other one, actually, Clarester Shields was on that one. Clarester Shields and Hannah Rankin. He couldn't come because um, he had a bit of a cold and Responsible man that he is, didn't feel that he could take that into a gym, which was which was the right thing to do. And he has a, he has a very solid reason for not being here this evening. No, but it um, is, yeah. um, Anyway, it's always good to see you. Yeah. No, thank you for uh, we'll me get on. you back on. And listen
0: well done getting um, doing a comms job was was sky and that as well. You're always good on the, on the undercards the every time we listened. And uh, like I say, you say, now you're you're doing the main events as well, which 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 is good. And um, are you pleased with it we're, we're, from stepping up from doing comms to the main events now? Was there a bit of or oh, I've got to be polished here now because you've seen on social media and online how much the abuse can fly in.
1: Not really, not really. I wasn't, you know, I felt like, you know, I had a long stretch where I was doing, yeah, the undercards for the domestic shows and doing every now and again I do the main event and then the main event for quite a lot of the overnights. And then about kind of October, November 2021. I decided that it wasn't really right for me to just to be doing undercards anymore. So I, very tactfully, kind of mm-hmm. sidled away from from Sky. Went and did my own thing. Um, decided that it was just main events only from now on. And you know, circumstances—you never quite know what's going to happen. No. And I'm loving it. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's great. I really relished the the kind of responsibility of it, if you like, and the the opportunity to to do it. It's there's nothing there's nothing like it. I mean, tomorrow mm-hmm. night with with Liam against. Chris, you know that's going to be. What did you say? That was one of the, the, the biggest fights that you're calling. Yeah, I'd done? say so. Yeah, I've not done a, I've not done a box office one yet. I've not done a pay per view card okay. before, so that's one of the biggest ones. Yeah, I mean, some of the really big ones I've done have been overseas fights, um, uh, or all radio. Fury Wilder three, mm-hmm. uh, Fury against Dillian White. So no, it's been great. You know, it's you, you, God. This boxing as an industry, whichever bit of it you're in, is so unpredictable. Do do do.
0: do Look back on people that have gone by in the past, Harry Carpenter, reg Guttridge, um and then you go to Ian Dark and then into Adam Smith and uh, John Rowling, and you look at their work and pull bits from it or you 're just going to be you and this is me
1: you 've got to do it you 've got to do it your own way. you have to find your own voice and your own style, and that basically happens over a period of time because it 's one of those things. It's true to say of almost anything that the more you do it, the better you get at it. But but commentating is definitely one of those things. And the more you do it, the more you find your own kind of groove uh, in terms of, you know, vocally. Mm-hmm. And also you work out, you self-edit. You become better at self-editing. You work out how many words you could fit into a space, yeah. pace and delivery and yeah. tone, all that kind of stuff. You know, it, it gets to you bit by bit. And Darkie was always my guy because yeah. when I was a kid, if you like, I don't want him to feel too old, but in the nineties and when he was doing it and when I was watching boxing and it wasn't like I always wanted to be a commentator. I, it was a kind of a decision I came to, you know, after university really, but I always just thought he, I just just thought he did the the kind of timber of his voice Mm. and the way he called big moments. I thought was brilliant. Um, I really like Al Bernstein over in America. He's more of an analyst than a a commentator. Jim Lampley. I was always a fan. You know, there's a, there's a few, there's a few, but, um, uh, yeah, no, it's it's great. Because this, this so
0: Mike, Mike Costello, listen, I, I've been in his presence when he's worked and he's called it for radio. And you're like, wow, that's just. I'm in the room there of someone who's great at what they do. I, I, I'm sure when he's gone, then to have to do and call a fight on TV, he's had to change a little bit because when you're doing radio, you're describing everything in the room. You don't have two of this, and that's why I always see people always like Reg Guttredge and Eric Carpenter because less was more. They could see it. So they didn't have to talk as much. You could hear what was going on in the corner. But then Reg would go, oh, he's really putting the shots together now, Jim, and that's it. And it's just when you watch them great fights we are on about the Four Kings, uh, Reg is always there in some of them commentaries. And uh, you just think, yeah, sometimes, sometimes you've got to remember, people are seeing it. We don't have to describe everything. And... Just add your what you have to...
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with that. And, you know, the difference between radio and TV, because I do radio for talk sport, yeah, it's, it's really basic. In, in radio, you've got to be there, everybody's eyes and ears. So you have to describe literally what is happening. And, and it frustrates me when I listen to the radio and um, whatever sport it is, and they don't really do it because it's become a bit more of a mm-hmm. thing to kind of have a conversation around the match and not really describe course, second by second the where the ball is. It, yeah. it, it really gets my nerves. So that that's what you have to do with 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 that. So it is it is different making the switch. But but you, I'm completely with you. Less is more. You don't need to talk all the time, and that's that's something I think you get more used to the more you do it, or at least you should. Because no. particularly corner sound, you can't talk all over corner sound. I was just gonna say to you, we've got a great fight Saturday night.
0: It's got to be interesting to hear what Roy Jones Jr. is telling Chris Eubank Jr. and what John Mack will be telling Liam Smith in them championship rounds. In America, we hear uh, Virgil Hunter talk. We hear Teddy Atlas and Fireman with Ted Bradley and all that type of stuff and Emmanuel Stewart of Klitschko and Lennox Lewis. And sometimes, after a tough round, you want to hear what the corner's saying, but it'll break to an advert or if they don't, they're talking over and it's, oh, please, just let's listen and it's just be in the moment, just feel the, 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 the stress, the corner, the panic or the excitement of, of what's going on and that's, that's live, live, just listen to it, they're, they're moments that no one gets privy to hear really.
1: Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly, it is absolutely about like keeping everybody as in the moment as you possibly can and if that means you shut the fuck up and don't say anything, then that's what you do because it's not about you. It's about the spectacle. You're just hoping to make it more enjoyable for people watching. But the chances of you doing that by talking constantly are practically zero, I would say. Mm -hmm. And corner sound is... It's this massive privilege that you don't get in basically any other sport. You'll have a stump mic in cricket, but they'll deliberately kind of turn it off in between balls. I think Mm -hmm. that's what they do anyway. Mm -hmm. So you can't hear the sledging. But in the corner, you hear it all. And and people get frustrated when we have to apologise for swearing, but that's an Ofcom thing. You just... I know, I know, I get it when they say, but this is boxing and it's half past ten at night and what do people expect, but unfortunately you just have to do it it's just one of those things you have to do but corner sounds great you know you've got to understand how that corner works some corners they'll go back to the
0: corner and there won't be no dialogue for the first fifteen, twenty 20 seconds but it's composed calming down but then last 20 seconds what are they telling them what are they going out to the ring to do that's what you need to listen into to understand it's
1: like yeah totally I was was talking to Damien Hughes not that long ago we got him on the podcast me and Matt and his old man was Brian obviously Um, and we were talking about the psychology of it, cause obviously he's a professor of, of, of psychology and psychiatry, I think. And, and he was giving us an example of what he thought was just maybe the best bit of corner work his, his dad ever did. And it was Robin Reid when he won the world title in Italy, wasn't it? Yeah, that's it? right, yeah. And it was just after like six or seven rounds, he gets back to the corner, takes out the gum shield, gives him a drink. Like you say, he doesn't say anything, just lets him breathe. And then just said, okay, sit down on your punch. And that just that that does it all, doesn't it? Because it. It's, it's 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 technical, but it's also telling you. He's basically just set your feet and start hitting him harder yeah. because he's ready to. And when you you know, and that's that's it. It's so simple, and you, you hear stuff like that. It's gold, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is, mate. Like I say, brand news. Uh
0: a legend round here in Manchester, what he's done, and like I say, he's still carried on the work hour of Pat Barrett. But like I say, sometimes it's just simple. Virgil Hunter's seems to be a guy when you watch these fights of Andre Ward, keeping everything simple and not overcomplicating things. Then there's, there's sometimes people. I'll be guilty myself, like to talk too much and try and drill stuff in. Um, but then there's other times but you've got. You, but it's good because you can learn a lot in the corner to see. Well, that's what the fight is. What's the trainer seeing? Is he seeing the fight going different than what we are?
1: Oh, Matt yeah. Clint Matt Clint Matthew Matthew he, is there any chance you can
0: jump on here for a minute mate it is he, your podcast son
1: you could jump on for the last five minutes this is highly irregular yeah, but here, here yeah, we go this this will just prove we can explain da, da. to there people what's, what's <laughs> occurred here
0: where, are we,
2: at? where are we at with the combo <laughs> well we're just we're just <laughs> doing, <laughs> doing a bit of up. filming down yeah. in um, uh, Nigel Travis my side uh, fire station we were just kind of teeing up the uh, some of the classic fights from the top rank archive which we put out in the sky so didn't mean to stand you up Joseph but, uh. yeah no it's no problem Spencer Oliver stood in for you for
0: half an hour or so then uh, then Spencer's never short of a word oh. or two so uh, yeah
1: so it was good yeah it was good fun we were just finishing off talking about commentary and corner sound and, and you know listening into the corner and, and all that kind of thing and I've asked a few people this I don't think I did ask you I don't think we talked about this really um, and I know you've got to go Matt but is the last thing you say to them before they leave the corner is that what they'll remember do you think no no, I don't. I think
0: what you've done in the gym, you've done in the gym. So it only needs one or two words for them to go. I know what you mean. You're in sync, you know what I'm saying? But usually when they're going out, I always say, don't do anything silly. As in like, don't do anything. Don't drop your hand. Don't remember. But usually it's, it's kind of, remember when we're doing, right, that's it. What about, yeah, that's it. Tasha last time she fought round one, she was brilliant. Then like 10, 15 seconds. I was like, what's that about, she did something and when she came back to I went, what's that about, you're brilliant for a minute and 40 seconds, what's all that about, and she's like, I know, right. go on, switch on, don't be doing, I call it a butterfly effect, don't be looking at the butterflies around the room, do you understand, stay focused and stay v- vigilant do, do, do
2: you know what I think of it a bit like, you know, years ago when at school we did this play, like a drama play thing and, and if you, you you know your lines and that but if you forget them there'll be someone off stage that could prompt you just go, you know, whisper the word, and you get the, you just, the, the audience won't be able to yeah. hear it, but you could hear that person prompt you. They're prompting you, like, the work's done. You can't, You can, if, if you think about it, you've had a, you, you come back at the end of a round, your heart rate's probably, th- possibly through the roof. You know, you want to get your breathing back, you want to get a drink of water in, get up ready for that round. in 60 seconds. Like, you, you know, how, how much can you really get through to, some, you, you've got to... Now listen, don't get me wrong. A little look, or a certain phrase, or look, come on now, or whatever it is you say. I don't know. I'm, not, I'm just generalising here, but you, you just—it's already got to be programmed. Then do you know, it's like it's like when you're training. What you're doing every day, you're programming the body so that when this happens or this situation happens or this shot comes or he throws that, this, this is what you can do. That's what drills are. Mm. Drills are just repetition, repetition, repetition. Mm. You, you're programming the body so it can react certain ways if this happens i can react to that because in the moment of a fight you you, you ain't really got to, you can't really think about it too much when i say i was a thinking fight yeah he's thinking but these these thoughts are happening at almost like light speed, you know what I mean? That you ain't got time to like sit there and actually analyze it. It's you know, you know, when they talk about they become habits.
0: habits, they're your habits.
2: It's like a fighter when he's retired or shot, he might only be 32 years of age and he might not, he might be brilliant on the back, he might, he, he's, he might even be able to still do his personal best times on the track, but his reaction times are just or he's hesitating that split second too long. In, in other words, you hear people saying he can't pull the trigger anymore he can't pull the trigger all that means is he's he, he's a minute of a split second <laughs> takes him longer to compute it he's seen it his brain's thought about it or hesitated for that tiny fraction of a second and now the opportunity now the opportunity's gone and and the fact that he took that split second to think about it means he can't pull the trigger that's what they're talking about so in the gym when you're going on through through the pads you, you're going through all these things aren't you so you've already programming the body for what you think might happen in the fight like Joe will watch hours of uh, maybe a fight where he got beaten the opponent got beaten in that fight or he maybe had a it was a close one or oh that fight had a lot of success against him how did he have success what did he do what was he getting caught with mm-hmm. you know and you pinpoint pinpoint and you're like, okay we, we think and, and then you know you sit down we'll talk to the fight, and like, all right, we, we think this will work so you go through it, you go through it. So I remember when we were fighting Felix Sturm, we looked at, look, he's great with these singles, he's great with doubles, but he never goes again and goes again and goes again. You know, first phase, second phase. So we were thinking, well, look, every time he's he's great with these singles, but you know, if I answer him, if he hits me with two, I'll hit him with four. If he hits me with four, I'll hit him with eight, and he just won't he won't be able to beat me because everything he goes, for, I'll make sure I answer him back twice as much. And I felt we did that on yeah. that night. And those were the tactics, and that's what we did. Like five nil up after you five know? rounds. And and so, but what I'm saying is, it's not about me or that fight. What, what I'm saying is, we're going
0: back to what we say in the corner. Like, I'll, I'll pick you up really on I'll pick you up on when you fought Wayne Elcock. We would practice touch up, touch down, right hand over the top, and Matthew had been out. He'd been fainting and been fainting. And we have seen Elcock sometimes could be low with the lead hand, and um, Matthew came back to me. I think it was at the end of what round did we beat him? In? I think no. Come at the end of the first round. And I said I want to
2: knock him out. Cause yeah, I know because yeah. I, I could see everything he was doing. Yeah. I just know, you know. And he said, "Not yet, not yet."
0: Yeah. yeah. And uh, then and we then, went and back, then, and I said, "Right, let it go." And then it went boom, boom, bang, over, and that—that that was it. So, like I say, you, you, it's too late to be a coach on fight night in the corner. The work should already be done. It only needs a word, a prompt, a drill, a cold word, anything like that. Yeah, on that, the fight night
2: combo, that thing there that whatever you want to call that, you know, that three shots or whatever it is you work on, you know you're on cue aren't you you yeah. know what I mean you, like, you can't start explaining the fight in between the rounds you know what I mean you you, you you might be that busy trying to get your heart rate down and, and breathe or you might be pissed off with yourself because you had a shit round so maybe then the trainer's like come on now forget about that if you can see I'm moping on that last round because I had a bad round it's like you got to kind of shake them out that fighter out of it saying listen no, can't be feeling sorry for yourself now that's been and gone and snap out of it we've got another round here it's a fresh start, you know. Every, every, every round's a fresh start, isn't it? Unless, unless you drop badly and you wobbled and you're sitting down and you're trying to recover, then you're trying to tip cold water on his head and get him into the fight. But you know, well, maybe in the last round it could be close and it's about motivation. Yeah, could be motivating yeah, yeah, yeah. them. In, yeah. it, it just depends on the, what's happened in the round before, doesn't it? But you can't. I think there's no point bombarding a fighter with too much information when you got like sixty seconds.
0: No, not at all. 30, no, I call it 40 seconds, 10 before, and sit down and 10 to go up. So you've got really 40 seconds work with them in the cutman's man's time to keep your head still and everything else. So, yeah, you've got to be short, brief and direct and clear instructions. But, look,
2: but you, you know, through, through boxing history, and war, all the great for it. There's, there's a few moments where you think, you know, look, I, how good of a trainer in the gym was Angelo Dundee? Don't know, but, but he was a great corner man. You know, remember the time when we Sugar Ray Leonard, and you're he said, "You're on. blowing it, son. You're blowing it." You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Another yeah. time, we just said to him, "Ray, all I want you to do is box." Well, how, how, how simple is that? But you know, he doesn't have to talk him through the punches. What he needs to throw, <laughs> he knows yeah. what that means. It just yeah. means relax and let it flow.
0: Yeah.
2: You know what I mean? You're trying, you're trying too hard. Yeah. You know, and that's like that's that's probably the, one of the simplest mistakes, but, but the most common that all sports people make if you, if you try too hard you tighten up you tense up you lose the you lose the flow
0: yeah yeah i i also feel Andy before we move on as a coach you have 40 50 seconds to get your point across there's huge pressure on you to make sure you're giving the right stuff and you're seeing it right so in the gym we work on half minutes in between rounds but that half minute allows me to tell them what to say the right thing in the sparring because that's all the time i really get 30, 40 seconds in the fight. So that, as a trainer, allows me to get the point across. I haven't got a minute's rest. It's 30 minutes to make sure that the fighters understand I can get the point over in that short time because I'm not going to get that on fight. And does that make sense? Yeah, From well, that point it, it, And, and the other things in a gymnasium like that helps mould a coach as well, that they, they understand they have to get a point across within 30 seconds. We've been in the wildcard all the time, 30 seconds rounds in there. So you've got to come back, you've got to tell them within 30 seconds, this is what you need to do. So you have a luxury and fight night, sort of thingy, but you're letting them breathe, calm down, and then prep them, get ready. But you've got 30 seconds of clear instruction that they know that they can take on board. Oh, what
2: well I also think is good with the 30-second rest in, in sparring is good. One, you get used to bring your heart rate down and from a fitness conditioning point of view, but, but then when you do get a minute on the night in the fight, it seems like a long time. You know? <laughs> you've got a long time, then you think, oh, actually...
0: Panicked, and got my breath back. We've had the constructions,
2: we're all right, we've got a few more seconds here. <laughs> and
1: TV have gone to the corner, and nothing's been said, and it's like, can't speak, someone. <laughs> no, I think, I think, like we said, it's always interesting if you do cope with call the sound and it's silence. That, that in itself is, is interesting, is interesting enough. I never thought of that, that basically in the gym with sparring, that that is a useful kind of training for the for the trainer, to, mm. to practice that. But that makes complete sense. That makes complete sense. So last thing, tomorrow night, we've got Eubank against Smith. By the time this goes out, the fight will be over. So we'll play a fun game. Let's have a, a, a prediction from the pair of you and tell me how it's going to happen as well as who's going to win. And then by the time this is broadcast, we can see if you're right. Do you
2: know what it is? I think Liam Smith is a better all-round fighter than Eubank. In this, you know, he's, he's cuter. Uh, he's got better repertoire. You, you know, he, he's good at chipping away. I, th- I think what Eubank is is he's, he's, he's a good athlete. You know, he's got a solid chin. He's tough. You know, um, he, he's a good volume puncher. He's got great fitness. Uh, his boxing IQ, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think it'll, it's as good as Liam's, um, but. You know, I don't know what Liam's got left. He's had a, he's had a few hard fights the last few years. That fight in Russia was a tough fight. That's miles, you know. Those fights are miles on the clock. Also, it's not just miles on the clock. He's earned a nice few quid the last few years as well. So, your hunger won't, his hunger won't be what it was. He's got a couple of, he's got I think he's got a couple of kids now. Other things in life are more, impo- are more important now than coming domesticated. Yeah, it's been. Yeah, you know, we've we, we, got to got to bring Rocky three, in, haven't we? <laughs> we yep. love a Rocky three quote. And, you know, <laughs> you know I, I live alone. I train alone. You know, he was a killer, weren't he? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Mr. T, T in it, yeah. Club of Lang. He was a killer. Where at that stage in Rocky's career, he wasn't anymore. But when Rocky fought Apollo Creed in Rocky one. He'd have, he'd have gone through that brick wall do you know
1: what I mean but he, he that's it that's it Mickey shouting at him You've know. got civilised rock yeah, he got, he, he, the he, worst he, thing that can happen to a fighter yeah
2: exactly so you know <laughs> Liam might be civilised now but, but Eubank and, but I think Eubank is less of a factor being civilised because he was always civilised mm. you know he, 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 he's he got a, he's he's trying to acquire a different voice in his head he's, he's got the people saying ah it'd be nothing if it weren't for his old man He's got those voices in his head that he needs to silence. You know what I mean? It's a bit like, he's another, he's another film Do you remember in the film um, Silence of the Lambs? And, and he's a psychiatrist. He's, a, he's so clever, isn't he? Uh, Annabelle Ector. And he's saying to him, he's trying to get into her, isn't he? He's trying to understand what's driving her. Because we've all got driving forces, yeah, haven't yeah. we, in life? And she, you know, she, talks, she talks about when she was a kid and she got out and they were slaughtering the lambs and the, the screaming of these lambs. And, and he goes, yeah, well, you think if you can save this person... It'll, it'll stop the voices in your head and mm-hmm. well, you know you, Eubank a lot of voices in his head of people saying you've never been nothing you wouldn't if your, your name weren't Eubank you'd, you'd have been nothing so he, he's, he's got those voices to silence so he's him becoming civilised is probably less yeah. less of a thing yeah. so who are you picking?
1: <laughs> <laughs> this this goes out after we've done that yeah, I, so. I, do you know look I, Liam you don't, you don't have to you don't have to pick
2: I, I, it, it, it's there's too many sort of variables that I don't know the answer to. I don't know what... If Liam... If Liam's... If Liam was was the same Liam that fought Canelo, which he definitely isn't, so it's just... I've already kind of undone my answer. It's then I would pick Liam probably, but, you know, he's had a few... He has had hard fights. He has earned money. I don't know. We're up at middleweight as well, and even though I know Liam might be more comfortable at middle because he ain't going to kill himself to get down, you know, he, he is boxing a guy who's also been at super middle... Mm. George, you know George Groves, a big super was just walking around the corner with him there. George Groves, a big gat, big yeah, lad, mate. and a massive puncher. Mm. You know, and Eubank, you know, he was he took some big digs in that fight, and he was yeah, coming yeah. through. So, you know, look, Eubank might anyone can get hurt to the body, but I don't think you, I don't think Liam's going to hurt Eubank to the head. Mm. I've got to, I can't rule my head. Yeah,
0: but um, I know what Liam's capable of. I've seen him over the years come through, fight at uh, Welterweight, then Light Middleweight, and then his last couple of fights with me were middleweight. He had a good win in uh, Mexico, and then he had a good win in America. And I said to Liam, you're a middleweight now, forget that. On you go, aim for Triple G. And there's a part of the ways, and then like Matthew said, he had a couple of fights back down at Light Middleweight. I don't think he was that impressive against Fowler. I thought they didn't have no fear factor. I thought he got hit too often, too much early on. But Liam knew. Fowler was tight of the way and it would eventually get to him. And he did do it, can't be like that on Saturday night, get hit too regularly, too often. Both of them have had cuts, but Liam's been cut. I don't think there's been a fight recently where Liam hasn't been cut, most probably his last one. Then after that, then he had Vargas. He won, but it was like treading tree because it wasn't Liam on fire. I think at 160, then you've got to see Liam now back to where I've seen him at the end of it, with that bit of snarling, with that bit of confidence. He's not, he's not fighting, thinking, I don't want to blow myself out. Do you understand? He, he's full foot so far. I think what's gone on this week at the presser and the weighing has just fueled that intensity with Liam. Liam's got to keep a cool head. I do feel there's a, a, a Liam Williams 2 performance in Liam Smith. I think he'd really outbox uh, Eubank Jr. I think he's a better boxer. He's a good amateur. He's got good pedigree. And I think. He's all around better better defensive defensively-wise, but Eubank Jr. is a hard man. I've seen him here at the arena when he fought George Groves, and he was swinging there at the 12th round. He took a right hand full on in round two and didn't budge, and he was still swinging the two hard men. But I think the more finesse, the more accurate punching, the more consistent punching lies with Liam Smith, and I think his boxing IQ hopefully comes into play with this and at long last he'll be given credit for being one of the best inside fighters this country's had because I don't ever think he's been given the credit for that he's just been seen as a hands up come forward type of fighter and Liam Smith's a lot more than that and he's got the platform Saturday night to go out there and show everybody that but I've said to Liam i said to Joe Matt today he's got to be wary of Eubank's uppercuts his uppercuts are very spiteful you've got to remember Yildrin a solid operator blew him out James DeGale ragdolled ragdoll him all the thing all along it. If Eubank gets into his stride and fancy it, but the key to beating him is boxing him. Billy Joe outboxed him when he turned it into a fight. It was Eubank's game. George Groves outboxed him once it got turned into a fight. Eubank got back into it. Liam Smith has got to keep his boxing skills intact, and I think think he'll win. It'll be a close decision, but I think he'll win.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. But I think I think the best thing uh, for Liam is if Eubank comes out and tries to box. I think yeah. if Eubank comes out and looks to have a fight straight away, then that's, you know, you, you're having 12 hard rounds then,
0: yeah. with, with, with a younger man, who, who's, well, who's, who's fresher, yeah. and, and naturally bigger. I, I think Chris as well, coming forward, he isn't the best coming forward, When Marcus Morrison, when we fought him, I said to Marcus, as soon as you step back once, Chris will come on his second attack but if you move your feet back a second time he shuts up you're bringing him into no man's land because he carries his head too far forward over his front foot there's too much momentum in shots and he's in no man's land so step back twice and Chris will shut up so if Liam Smith boxes and as Eubank comes throwing the wild swings you come out of range of them two steps Chris shuts down and he'll retreat back as he retreats back then you go and counter punch him and I think as long as they've done the training right and the right shot selection, is there to count punch him and frustrate him. And then Chris is going to have to come for the fight then and at some point, this fight's going to ignite and it might take six, seven rounds for it to ignite but it's going to ignite at some point and then it's just a case of look, buckle down and let's enjoy it. If,
2: if, I, if I was advising Eubank, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be saying to him, don't try and box Liam Smith because Liam's too clever, I think. I think I'd say, you're bigger, you're fresher, get out there and make this fight brutal straight away. And, and and back yourself
1: to be the fresher, bigger, younger man. Yeah. I can't wait for it. Well we'll 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 know by the time this goes out what has happened. And if Liam Smith gets a win then we'll know what's next too because Eubank's got a rematch clause and if it's a great fight and we get to see it again, then I certainly wouldn't be complaining about that. So this hasn't ended up being the second Macklin's take without Macklin because he's rode in at the end, right at the very end, to give us a, a neat little cameo. Joe's been with us all the way through. Thanks very much for that. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. That was the first one of 2023. We'll have plenty more for you this year. Um, Don't know exactly when we'll be back. Maybe next week. It might be the week after. Uh, In the meantime, take it easy, everybody.